I've titled my message today, Don't Mind the Dishes. Who here enjoys washing dishes? Lit- oh, there are a few hands. That's uh, surprising. Okay. I'm glad. I, I don't know, Lloyd in Jeffy's Bay, whether anybody raised their hands. Somebody said quite loudly, no one, when I asked the question. But some, some hands were raised. I'm glad. You know, for me, I don't mind washing the dishes. I find it to be quite relaxing, quite therapeutic almost, right? In winter, you wash your hands, you, you warm up nicely. You know, if you maybe want to put some worship in, in the headphones, maybe a sermon or a podcast you want to catch up to, catch up on. And it's, it's quite relaxing, I find. It's really been a lifelong journey of washing dishes for me. You see, in, in my family, I am the youngest. So as soon as I was tall enough to sort of reach the sink, I was washing dishes. There's a few other youngest children who are amening and agreeing. And by tall enough to reach the sink, I mean tall enough to stand upon the stepladder that my brother found to make sure I was tall enough to, to wash uh, the sink, to wash the sink, to wash the dishes in the sink. You know, it's carried on throughout my life. There, there may be some people in Joburg, ach, Joburg, Jeffrey's Bay, that don't know this. You may not have heard, but I recently got married, Jeffrey's Bay. <laughs> and so when I, when I got married... I wasn't, I wasn't the best chef, if I'm honest. I, I could, you know, braai. I could chop a salad and some veg. I could, you know, make some eggs and a toasted sandwich. But the real value that I brought to the kitchen was a keen willingness to wash the dishes. And so when my parents bought Kelly Joe and I a dishwasher, I thought they had sabotaged me for marriage. You've taken, you've taken my job. But, I, I am very grateful for my parents' generosity because it is not the washing that I value. It's what the dishes represent that I value. Dishes denote depth. Dishes reveal to me a full home, a home that is hosting heaven and hosting humanity. Last week on Vision Sunday, Pastor George spoke about what it will look like for us to host God and host humanity well in this season, to make space in our lives for both humanity and heaven. And today, I'd, look, I'd like to look at what that practically might look like, to host heaven, to host God in our everyday lives, so that God and man can meet in our midst. I had the privilege of growing up in a home that hosted people in spite of the mess that it came with. And I'm incredibly grateful for a family that didn't mind the dishes because the dishes denoted the depth of relationship that was developed. I'm one of six children. I have 22 first cousins and we love a family gathering. So dishes are just part and parcel of what it means to be part of my family. If I had to describe my family in a single statement, it would be generously hospitable. 24 Towpath Red House, the home where my siblings and I grew up, grew up, has always been full. The Collier Kitchen is and always was a place of safety, a place where humanity and heaven could meet where we didn't mind the dishes because the dishes denoted the depth of relationship that was being developed. 
It's why my sisters halfway across the world still call Red House home despite having raised children of their own overseas. It's why so many strangers have become family and why so many lost wanderers have walked through 24 Towpath Red House and find family and a place to call home. It took an openness to host the humility of humanity that made way for the hosting of the healing of heaven and that made it holy. In the everyday efforts of humble humans like my parents to open their home and their hearts and their hands to welcome in those who didn't have a place to call home, they've hosted the healing of heaven and made the place holy. I think in the everyday mundane mess of mankind, we can find miracles. We have the opportunity in our everyday lives to host humanity and also to host heaven. If we are willing to look past the mess that comes with mankind, we will see the miracle that comes from heaven. In the everyday efforts of humble humans, we can host the healing of heaven so that God and man can meet in our midst and so that it will be holy. There's a well-known story in the Gospels of a paralyzed man being carried by his four friends to meet Jesus. There's a big crowd around the home where Jesus is teaching. And so the friends can't get the man on the mat to Jesus. And so they make a plan. They go up on the roof. They make a hole in the ceiling and they lower Jesus, they lower the man to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus commends their faith. He forgives the man of his sins and he says, and he heals the man and says, pick up your mat and walk. I think we can all likely relate to this story in one way or another. We've all at one stage been the man on the mat who needed somebody to get us to the feet of Jesus so that we could receive the forgiveness of sins and find healing from heaven. <clears throat> we have all perhaps been part of the crowd who unknowingly in our desire to get something from Jesus actually blocked or got in the way of somebody in need getting to Jesus. And we should be aware of that. We've perhaps become the cynic like the Pharisees who are critical in spite of a miracle at hand. And we hopefully are and aspire to be the friends who will find a friend in need and carry them to Jesus doing whatever we can for them to find uh, the healing that they need. But how often <clears throat> do we consider the hosts in the story? The family whose home was left with a hole in the ceiling for hosting humanity and hosting heaven. They were a family that had to make space to host. They had to move the furniture, open the doors and the windows so everybody could get a view, have strangers standing on their favorite couch. They used up all the dishes and maybe the ablutions were overrun. They made space to host humanity and they made space to host heaven so that God and man could meet in their midst and so that healing could take place and somebody could be made holy. The crowd, the man on the mat, the friends, they all got access to Jesus because there was a family willing to open their home and to open their lives to host both humanity and heaven. But the access that everybody got to Jesus came at a cost. There is a 
an inconvenience to opening our lives to humanity and even to heaven. There are going to be some dishes. But my encouragement to you today is don't mind the dishes for the divine moment that comes from them. There is healing to be had when we host humanity and heaven so that God and man can meet in our midst and a miracle can take place. There's a, Jesus' words in Matthew 5, a production, I think you may have skipped ahead of me a little bit, but there's a, Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 from the message translation says, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I've witnessed the truth of the scripture firsthand. I've seen the evidence of my parents keeping open house, being generous with their lives and opening up with others, leading to others opening up with God, our generous Father in heaven. I've seen or borne witness to this scripture being true here at this church, as so many others have kept open house and being generous with their lives so that many like me could see that openness and that generosity and open up with God and find a place to call home. Keeping open house, being generous with our lives and opening up with others has this beautiful reward of seeing, of prompting other people to open up with God, our generous Father in heaven. Making ourselves available, creating space to host heaven and to host humanity. For God and man to meet in our midst does require some preparation. It requires a willingness to deal with the dishes. But there is a divine miracle that comes with us. And so don't mind the dishes. We're asked and invited in our everyday lives to put aside our preferences and inconvenience ourselves a little bit to usher others into the presence of God. Whether that is in our actual homes, like my parents, or in our marriages, the way we raise our kids, the way we go about our work, or at school, or in our everyday con conduct, we have an opportunity to usher others into the presence of God so that God and man can meet in our midst. So today, I'd like to give us three practical applications to apply this to our everyday lives. I said the first one is don't mind the dishes for the divine. I really felt like the Lord laid this message on my heart a few weeks ago, and I've been sort of mulling over it and allowing it to develop. But it's funny that in the week of needing to prepare it, the Lord asked me to put this into practice a little bit. So Vince and Cherise are moving house and the move didn't quite go according to plan. And so they needed a bit of an interim place to stay. And so Vince, Cherise, Nova and Vida came to stay with Kelly and I in our little home. And it was full. <coughs> I'm glad Vince and Cherise aren't here. And anyone who has children will know that in order to make way for the miracle, you need to make peace with the mess. I'm quite a neat and tidy and structured person. I like my rhythms. I like my routine. And so I did, I must admit, grow ever more broody with the sound of children filling the home. But I, okay, that's clappable. Wow. It took me to talk about children to get a clap. Okay. But I also grew ever more twitchy as I had to make peace with the chaos that surrounded me. We had dishes, but we had 
the divine. An open house and an open heart to host the humility of humanity certainly makes way to host the holiness of heaven and bring healing to a home. There are miracles in the mundane mess of mankind. The difference between a house and a home, between a religion and a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son, is dependence on daily activity. We can have a nice, clean home and even a tidy religion, but have it be empty and void of life. Or we can embrace a little bit of messiness that comes with the miracle of life and the miracle of mankind and see that in that messiness, there are miracles at work from heaven. If we don't mind the dishes, we'll see the divine. Throughout Scripture, God in various ways seems to meet us, mankind, in the midst of our mess and in the midst of the mundane life of man and yet mark us with a miracle. God often comes unannounced and uninvited and seems to turn our mess into the miraculous. And He's still doing that every day in our midst in our everyday lives, in the mundane Mondays and the messiness of mankind, there are miracles to be had. We used to have to make ourselves holy to get into the presence of God. There's an entire book in the Old Testament called Leviticus designed to make man holy so that we could access heaven. But Jesus flipped the script and he came into the messiness of mankind to make us holy so that we would host heaven in our humanity and transform us with the healing of heaven to be made holy. Instead of having to try clean ourselves up, heaven came into our mess and made us holy so that we could then be agents of heaven who host humanity and heaven so that other people would find healing in their everyday lives. Abraham and Sarah, they hosted heaven in the humility of their humanity and yet they were marked with a miracle despite the mess they had made. Abraham had had another son, it was all messy, and yet God marked them with a mess, marked them with a miracle who would become an heir of our faith. So too with Jacob, he had made a mess, yet he wrestled with God in the humility of his humanity. He hosted heaven and found healing and became also that same heir to the faith. Jesus' birth was the literal hosting of the healing and holiness of heaven in the humility of humanity. God came into the mess of a manger and marked it with a miracle. Jesus often met people in their mundane lives and in the mess of mankind and marked them with a miracle. Jesus met Simon in the mess of a fishing boat and in the mundane task of cleaning empty nets and yet marked him with a miracle. It was the humility of Simon's humanity and the healing hand of heaven in Jesus that made him holy. Simon, you will be called Peter. Jesus met Matthew in the mess of mankind, despised as a tax collector, yet marked him with a miracle that still speaks today. Jesus invited himself into the home of another tax collector, Zacchaeus, and in the humility of his humanity, he opened his home to host the healing of heaven, and was made holy. There's a story in the Gospels of two disciples on the road to Emmaus following Jesus' crucifixion. They're disappointed, they're disillusioned, they're disorientated, 
They're leaving Jerusalem because the one who they thought would be their salvation had been crucified. They've heard a story that perhaps his body is no longer in the tomb, but they're on their way home and they don't really know what to do. And in the mess of mankind and the humility of humanity, Jesus comes to walk alongside them, to reveal himself to them patiently so that he would see, so that they would see him. And I believe God does that today in the mess of our mankind, in the humility of our humanity, full of questions, full of doubt, full of insecurities, not having it all together. Jesus comes to walk alongside us. And sometimes like the disciples, we don't recognize him, but he patiently reveals himself to us until we get a fresh revelation of the Son of God who takes away the sin of the world. And in spite of their questions and their doubts, these disciples had the willingness to open their homes to host who they thought was humanity and turned out to be heaven. And in so doing, not only did they get to share a meal with Jesus, but they had a revelation of Jesus in their lives. They hosted God and man in their midst and witnessed a miracle. They hosted heaven and humanity and were made holy. We pick up the story in Luke 24. As they, the disciples, approached the village and Jesus approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened to them on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. While they were still talking about this, Jesus stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Jesus meets us in the mess of our mankind and the humility of our humanity, marking us with a miracle and bringing us healing from heaven. In spite of not having it all together, we can still make space to host humanity and host heaven. And as scripture tells us, we should be generous with our lives, not forgetting to show hospitality to strangers. For in so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels. We can, in the humility of our humanity, host the healing of heaven. There's great reward to hosting heaven and to keeping an open house. Some of the most miraculous moments of life happen in the most simple settings. Dinner at a table, and we might not remember the meals that we eat or the exact contents of the conversations that are had, but we'll remember that life was lived there, that family was formed, and that the healing of heaven met the humility of humanity and made it holy. God and man in our midst to see a miracle. So don't mind the dishes for the divine. Second practical application I want to share with us to host God in our everyday lives is to don't mind the work for the wonder. It's possible for all of us to grow tired and weary of handling even that which 
is holy. If we get too familiar with the work that we are doing, we begin to lose the beauty and the wonder of life. The miracles of life become mundane when we handle them every day and they lose their luster. Each one of us have the privilege and the joy of accompanying people through some of the most remarkable and meaningful moments of life. And the beauty and the wonder of life exists in those moments. We'll all have the opportunity to walk people through various milestones, some that bring unbridled joy and some that bring agonizing pain. The birth of a child, the loss of a loved one, the receiving of a devastating diagnosis, or perhaps the journey of recovery and victory on the other side. We'll have the opportunity of walking one another through these moments of life. And I don't want us to lose the significant of significance of those moments. As a pastor in my day-to-day life, I need to be careful that a wedding on a Sunday doesn't just be Saturday, doesn't just become another day at the office when to the couple whose marriage it is, it is the most significant moment. Or at a funeral that it doesn't just become a job responsibility that you have to carry, but a moment to minister into a life-changing event in a family. All of us have the same experience in our everyday lives. In different settings, we have some of the most significant moments in one another's lives that we should never be too flippant about. We should maintain the wonder within the work. Be be it the first step of your child or the first word that they speak, be it offering somebody their first job, as Ryan spoke about, or granting a raise that allows them to send their kids to varsity, be it giving a word of encouragement or just offering a safe and loving space. There are significant moments that mark a life. You'll most likely not get the recognition in their family memoirs or the stories that they tell, but you will be the unnamed agents of heaven, attending to God's children in the most significant of life's moments. And so I want us to, I want to encourage us to never lose the wonder of the work, but to serve those moments with significance. Last week, Pastor George mentioned the story of Mary and Martha, two sisters that hosted Jesus. And Martha hurried about in the busyness of life. She wasn't incorrect to prepare the home and to serve and to create a space to host. But in her busyness, she walked past the very significance of the moment. Jesus said Mary had it right. She sat at her feet, at the feet of Jesus, soaking it all in. We can, like Martha, get so caught up in the busyness of life that we miss the miraculous moments. But like Mary, we ought to sometimes not mind the dishes, don't worry about the mess, but see the miraculous at work in our everyday lives so that we never lose the wonder that comes with the work. Truly hosting humanity is handling holiness. And in the present, in the process, it is hosting heaven. Truly serving others is serving the Lord and attending to Christ himself. You may not get a great reward in he- on earth, but great is your reward in heaven. Jesus said this in Matthew 25. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, 
You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. When you handle the things of earth on a daily basis, they may lose their luster. But when you shift your focus from the familiar to realizing that you are handling the gifts of heaven, you'll never lose the wonder of your work. Serving is significant. You are the unnamed agents of heaven, attending to God's children, the, one who bear, the ones who bear his image. And we have this wonderful privilege of acting as God's hands to care for the children of God. Never lose the luster of life's most significant moments because you handle them on a daily basis. Remember the sanctity of its significance and you'll serve as though serving the Lord. As we go about our everyday lives, may we handle heaven with holiness and may we see the wonder within the work that comes with hosting humanity. And then finally, I want to encourage us not to mind the mess for the miracle. You know, some things just take time for the reward to be revealed. With anything in life, there requires a patience with the process of that which God is developing within us. Raising children is miraculous, but it is messy. Growing anything will require you to get your hands a little bit dirty. There is a molding and a shaping that takes place that is messy, but in the molding and in the shaping, something miraculous is formed. Jeremiah 18 says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. There's a messiness that comes to molding the miraculous. God is shaping us in our everyday lives and we have the privilege of acting as the hands of God to help shape others in love and gentleness. As iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one another. There is a process that takes place for the messiness of mankind to be molded into the miraculous, for the humility of humanity to be healed and made whole by heaven. And so my encouragement to us is to be patient with that process, to be trained by the Lord's discipline. For scripture tells us there is a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. There is a messiness that comes with molding mankind. So be patient with the messiness for the miraculous is being formed. Today, 
I want to encourage us to embrace the mess of mankind, the vulnerability that comes with opening our lives and our homes and our hearts to others and to engage with the work required to wait on others and find in all of that a miracle being formed. Find the wonder of God at work in our lives. We have this wonderful privilege of hosting both God and man so that God and man can meet in our midst and miracles can take place. Man's ultimate search for meaning and purpose is found in relationship with God and relationship with God's image bearers, one another. Hosting heaven and hosting humanity so that God and man can meet in our midst. Today, as I close, perhaps you require a meeting with heaven to be made holy. Perhaps you need Jesus to heal you. Perhaps like the man on the mat, you need the forgiveness of sins and the healing that comes from heaven touching humanity. Come to the Father, open your heart, and let Him heal you and make you whole. Today, perhaps, like the clay on the, in the potter's hand, you need some, some shaping, a follower of Jesus, but perhaps a life that doesn't look quite like you'd like it to. Open your heart to allow Jesus to shape it into the image and likeness of Christ. Don't mind the mess that comes with it, for there is a miracle to be had on the other side. Or perhaps today, like the family that hosted Jesus and the man of the mat, we need to open our lives and open our hearts to make space to host heaven and host humanity so that we could usher others into the presence of God, so that God and man could meet in our midst and so that miracles can take place. The miraculous happens when you don't mind the dishes. That scripture that I started with said, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I pray that this encouraged you to today. If you're able to, will you please stand with me as we pray. Jeffrey's Bay, I'm going to hand over to Pastor Lloyd to close the service there. For all of us in North End, I'd like to remind you of the guest lounge. If you're new or visiting us, the coffee shop outside and starting points happening. There's personal prayer available up front and communion on either side. Let's take a moment to pray and to commit this to God in prayer. Father, we are so grateful that despite the humility of humanity, heaven came in the form of your son. He humbled himself to be made man so that God and man could meet in his midst. And now by your Holy Spirit, we can host heaven in our everyday lives, be it at home or at work or wherever we go. We could be your agents of heaven, carrying the goodness of God into the land of the living so that others could also taste and see that you are good. Thank you that you are with us every day, that even in the messiness of how you mold mankind, there is a miraculous work of God being revealed. So would we never lose the wonder of life? Would we see your work at hand, your, your hand at work in everything that we do and everywhere that we go? And would you help us to keep open house, to be generous with our lives, so that by opening up with others, we would prompt people to open up with you, our generous Father in heaven. So we ask this in Jesus' wonderful name.
Amen. Thank you for joining us for church this morning.